Hey, if you're joining us online, we're really glad you're with us today. I know if you were local, you'd be here if you could. If you're anywhere in the world, we're glad you're at Destiny this morning. And so please feel at home. Uh, our house lights are coming up. On the screen behind me is, uh, is our notes to help us stay focused. We're in the middle of a series. If you're joining us today for the first time, my name's David and uh, my beautiful sweetheart, Sharon. And I have been married for 34 years yesterday. That was our anniversary yesterday. People say, how long have you been married? I always say, not long enough. But um, I've got no idea why I told you that, except to say this, that it's worth the journey. And you're amazing. Uh, so we are in the middle of a, we're in the middle of something. And this series we're doing on the mission of Jesus is what we want us as a church to be thinking about. If Jesus came to be this and to do this, and guess what? We, uh, as his followers, as his disciples, get to carry uh, this light as well. In John chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says that as he is so are we in this world. In other words, it's got to be something about us that reflects, that radiates, that resonates with the message of Jesus Christ. And so we're not trying to be camouflaged Christians. We're trying to be people who actually know what this faith is and what it looks like in human skin in the 21st century. So that's the reason why we're studying this study together today and we're continuing the mission of Jesus. Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. So if you're taking notes, and that'll be all of you. Luke chapter 4, I want you to just see what the scripture says. Luke chapter 4 says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus actually is in the, in the um, um, synagogue, the, uh, the Jewish church, if you like, of the day. And he, he sits down and he reads the scroll. As a rabbi, he was entitled to do that. And he opens the book of Isaiah and he starts to read from the book of Isaiah. And he closes the book and everyone looks at him. And the reason why they all look at him is because he finished mid-sentence. He didn't say the whole thing. And this is what he says. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor, depending on which translation that you read. And of course, if you go back into Isaiah the prophet and you read what he said, the next part of that verse is to speak about vengeance and about, about judgment and about destruction, about you know, coming to terms with you know, punishment. But, but this is where Jesus is right now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. And I want you to take a few notes here this morning as we walk our way through this verse of Scripture. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I guess the question that we're immediately faced with is, who is this Holy Spirit? And if you're new to the church, you might think, well, maybe that's a special kind of drink that the church sells. But actually, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is part of who God is. And we struggle to understand as terrestrial beings, this thing the Bible describes to us as the Godhead. As one author tried to explain that this triuneness of God, this trinity of God, that God is Father, is Son, and is Holy Spirit. All at the same time we go, how is that possible? The answer is, I don't know. I can't really explain it to you, but it's very poor analogy, but it's kind of like this, that I am a son, I am a husband, and I am a father to my children. And by God's grace, one day I might even be a grandfather. Who knows? But the point is that I'm one person revealing and reflecting my relationship with others in a different way. But the Holy Spirit is not something uh, that is mis mis um, far off or removed or, or ancient. He is, he is the person of God who is here on the planet right now and He comes to live inside believers as they receive 
the wisdom and the, and the salvation that God offers. Holy Spirit is there for you, not for preachers alone, but He's there for you to work with, walk with, commune with, relate to every single day. Holy Spirit is there for you. You know, when you read the Bible and it speaks about the Holy Spirit, you know, if you look at the Greek text, there's no the, it's just Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised to send His Holy Spirit to the church to empower the church to do what He did. And that's why we desperately need to be filled with the presence, power, anointing and reality of Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I like that. Every believer here today needs to say it in their heart. The Holy Spirit rests on my life. If there's anything that our world needs today, it's men and women who've got the Holy Spirit resting upon them because that's what makes the difference. You know what goes, makes the difference between singing a song and worship? The presence of Holy Spirit. Do you know what makes the difference in families? The presence of Holy Spirit. Do you know what makes the difference in the circumstances and situations that are dark and desperate? It's the presence and reality of Holy Spirit working with you, being with you today. I'm not sure where you are in your relationship with God, but this is what God wants to give to you. He wants to come to you in the person of His Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's far better for me to go away to heaven so that I can release Holy Spirit to you to be on the earth. You say, well, well why would that be? Because Jesus physically could only be in one place at one time. But now by His Spirit, He's literally everywhere on the planet all at the same time. Holy Spirit's a wonderful gift for you. He's not a person that was referred to in the Bible. He's ever living, ever present. And He's as much God as the Father. He's as much God as the Son. And He's there to be upon your life, in your life and flowing through your life. And what the church needs to discover is more of the anointing that Holy Spirit brings. Can I get a witness from somebody here this morning? He said, God, anoint me afresh and anew because if I'm going to be on mission doing what Jesus calls me to do, I need Holy Spirit. I need Holy Spirit. You know, the reason why we burn up sometimes, you know, is that we are burning ourselves instead of burning the oil of God's presence and His anointing in our life. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Number two, because, someone say because. Because He has anointed me. He has anointed me. God's anointing is on you. And you know what? The tragedy is the devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil will do everything he can to cloud your mind from the reality that God's power and presence is available to you today. It's not something that was in the past. It's something, an experience, a relationship to have and to cultivate and to flow with right here, right now. Jesus described the Holy Spirit this way. He said that out of your innermost being will flow, will flow, will flow like a Jew like a trickle, like a little tiny estuary. No, literally, not just a river, but literally there would be an oversupply of resource. That's what God wants to bring to the church. I dream and I imagine a day where the Holy Spirit is so evident in my life, evident in your life, evident through our life. The Spirit of God has anointed our lives for something. See the word cause up there? Cause. There's a cause and there's an effect. Holy Spirit is always the cause and He affects change because the Holy Spirit's coming upon our life to anoint us. You and I are carrying more anointing than we realize. You woke up this morning and went, He's awake. She's awake. Look out. You are carrying an anointing. But don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't 
Don't smother it. Don't put it out. Let that light shine. Let that anointing be released. For I want in a church, and only part of a church where the anointing is honored, is celebrated, is recognized, is welcomed, is functional. Oh, man, when the glory came to our church, why is it we remember and why are we not celebrating it here and now? You know, that is the call. That is the mission of the church to carry something that's bigger, better, brighter than what we've got ourselves. Human personality is not going to transform the world the way Jesus wants it to be transformed. We need the anointing of Holy Spirit. Are you seeking it? Are you seeking Him? Thanks, Ruth. Are you seeking Him? Are you asking God for fresh anointing on your life? Because that's what it's all about. If we're going to be in mission, if we're going to do what Jesus did, if we're going to be in this world as He is, guess what? We can't do it without the fire and the glory and the anointing of God. And I just know that there's something stirring in my heart, and I believe it's stirring in the heart of Destiny Church, that God, I want a fresh anointing on my life. I remember when things were, but I want something fresh and new. I want there to be an ever-increasing tide. I want to be like Ezekiel's stream that I kept stepping in and it kept getting deeper. I want that for you, for your life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's an anointed. He has anointed me. You know, when you have the anointing on your life, there's an empowerment to your life and there's an awareness of His presence. So this week, were you conscious of God being with you? I found a car park at Woolies. Praise God. I mean, I do, I do, I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not joking here. I do. I thank God for every little blessing. I really do, Tara. But when I see a miracle of God, I go, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm believing for that. You're with me. An awareness of His presence. You know, it's, um, it's just so sad that we have got Holy Spirit right here on every breath, and yet, and yet we don't see it, don't experience it, don't walk in it, don't manifest it. It's like people, they never see a sunset. They never see the beauty in creation. They don't know what a marvel and a mystery the person they're married to is. You lose sight of how close and real God is, just take it for granted. Just take it for granted. A fish doesn't know it's wet because it just lives in that environment. You're carrying more anointing. You wonder why people react to you sometimes. It's because there's a kingdom within you and it's causing a response. It's causing a reaction. You know, miracles are the sparks that fly when two kingdoms collide. And this church is filled with the glory and power of God in ever increasing measures. Can I get a witness this morning? Number three, this anointing on our life is to preach, is to proclaim, is to declare the gospel, do you still believe the gospel? Do you still believe that God's got the desire and the capacity to save people? I believe that with the core of my being. I do what I do because I believe this is the best way to transform society. I believe that as we put God's word into our mouth and begin to declare it and proclaim it, guess what? Change can happen. But if we are silent, and I don't know why, but Satan wants your tongue. He wants you to sit down he wants you to shut up. He wants you to stay silent, be quiet. But this powerful thing called our voice that God has given to us to proclaim, to preach, to declare, everything about you is conveying a message. I'm astonished how many people, you know, mouth off about their walk with God, but then, you know, the best way you can be a witness? Go home and mow your lawn. 
you know the best way you can be a witness? Don't argue with your husband and wife out on the veranda. Be a witness in every moment of life. Well, I'm going to dress in nice clothes and I'm going to go down the street and be a street preacher. Well, you know what? Just be a house preacher. Just live your life in consistency and truth and transparency everywhere you go. So that as you go, you preach and declare because everything about you is saying something about Him. You carry His name. Sharon wants to get a t-shirt printed up that says, if you're going to be a Christian, don't suck at it. I want to get a t-shirt that says, be patient with me, I'm still under construction. But the fact is, you're carrying a message. Don't be silent. Don't let the enemy silence the voice of the church. There's a reason for a hope that's in you and you've got to get proficient at proclaiming it. You know, you, you hear that little voice, mention me, mention Jesus. It's going on in the back of your head. You're going, yeah, not now, God. Just not now, God. Not now, God. Not now. I, I, I might embarrass myself if I mention you right here, right now. You might, but I'd rather be a fool for Jesus than a fool without Jesus. How are you going to get proficient at witnessing if you never open your mouth? See, that's why the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives so that we can be a witness where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even Atherton. Uttermost parts of the world. That's what it's all about, proclaiming the gospel. Well, uh, where am I going to find some poor people? <laughs> if you just get good at sharing your story about the hope that's in you and the reason why you're smiling and the reason why you've got confidence. You know, when I look at the world and I look at the news, surely I think to myself, is there any hope? What's going on right now on the planet? I mean, seriously, where's this all going? Do you ever think that way? But why don't I get down in the pit of despair? It's because I know who's on the throne. And I'm connected to Him and what His purpose is in the earth. And I'm going to keep declaring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ all across the world. You know, we don't knock on doors and go, have you heard the good news of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ? We don't do that, but you know what? We ought to be as proficient as sharing our story. There's a reason why there's a hope in you, right? Keep the story alive. Keep the flame alive. Keep proclaiming, preaching and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk more about this next year because I believe that we're going to enter a season of soul winning in this church. I'm going to say that again because I've got two people excited. I believe that we are going to enter a season of soul winning as a church. It's been too long since we've had a flood of baptismal parties, right? So we're going to become proficient at preaching and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. God sent His Son into the world to... Are you prepared to sign up that will not be silent? So where is the church standing up, shining, speaking and declaring? I'll tell you where it is. It's in your workplace. It's in your street. It's in your home. It's in your social arena. It's in your sport team. And it's you. And if you are silent, guess what? Every other voice will fill the airwaves. I'm trying to stir somebody up here this morning. I think I've got about three people excited, Judy. I've got about three people excited. I'm going with that. Number three, the anointing of God's Spirit is upon us to preach the gospel and declare it. Get comfortable mentioning the hope that's in you. Get comfortable mentioning the name of Jesus. It's the name above all names. It changes everything. Number four, God is sending me. Jesus came to do this. And if Jesus came to do this, guess what? It's there for us to do as well. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
The hardest weight to shift is a broken heart, is a heavy heart. And when God's Spirit comes upon our life, He wants to heal us inside and out. But then He wants to anoint us to help others who are going through situations in their life where brokenness is their routine. You know, many of us here today have come from good families. Can I get a, can I get a thank God for that? Yeah. Shiloh, that'd be you. Yeah, that'd be you, Shiloh. Uh, Avi, that'd be you. So thank God for good families, good mum and good dad. Yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. But not all of us did. Some of us came from dysfunctional families, right? And so how does God use a dysfunctional environment to bring about His function? He brings transformation in and He heals human hearts. But God even uses brokenhearted people to heal other brokenhearted people. So David, where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Go to the book of Job. And in the midst of Job's great anguish, he sits down in the ash pile. Do you remember this story? He's covered in boils. And he reaches out and he takes a shard of pottery, a broken vessel. And he starts to scratch himself and relieve himself. And I've taken so much hope from that scripture because even a broken vessel can bring relief and release and healing and help to another human being. You don't need to be perfect for God to start using you. You can still be on the journey. You can still be on the journey and God can flow through you, His kingdom. I was always astonished at some guys in our youth group on the Gold Coast. They'd go down the pub, they'd get drunk. Adam, our youth group doesn't do that. And I'm glad that's, that's why you're my youth pastor. Uh, but, um, but they'd be at the pub, sloshed. That's an Australian term for alcohol in, in you know, the drunk. And, uh, and, and they'd start witnessing to their friends. Ever been witnessed to by a drunk person? It's compelling. Have you ever been witnessed to by a drunk person? You know what alcohol does? It reduces our inhibitions and lets what's in our heart flow out. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to get rid of our inhibitions and our self-consciousness so that what is actually inside of us can flow out and gush out and be a blessing to somebody. Just look out, this church is about to get dangerous. God can use even the brokenhearted to bring healing and hope to other people who are experiencing pain. Can I get a witness here this morning? Number five, to proclaim Liberty. Number five, to proclaim liberty to those who are captive. I wonder in your life, if you think about it, what areas of restriction are you experiencing right now? How do you feel like you're kind of confined? Do you know people like that? Do you know people who share that similar sense of, man, I just want to break free. I just want to break out. I just want to move on. There's people in here and when the music is on and we're worshiping God, you'd love to raise your hands, but you're just so self-conscious. Just, well, what will someone else think? I promise you, they're too busy thinking about themselves to worry about what they think about you. So just get free. Just live in freedom. Just invite the freedom of God to come into your heart, into your life. Is it okay if we dance in this church? Yes. Can we cartwheel? Yes. Can we come dressed as clown costume, Tim? No. You'll scare a child. Not cool. But get those black ribbons and we'll give it a go. What's holding you back? What's confining you? What could you do to take the limits of somebody else's life? How could you help someone else get free? You know, one of the best ways you can tell someone, help someone to get free is just give them encouragement. 
Just keep pouring on life-giving, life-affirming words. I see more in you than what's evident right now. I believe in the grace of God on your life. Just keep declaring that's freedom. When you put the Word of God in your mouth, when you start to preach and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you begin to align your heart and your mouth with what God's Word says, you declare to another person, you know what, freedom can come. Freedom can come. Number six. Number six. Recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. There are those people who cannot see and there are those people who will not see. It's right in front of you, but you refuse to see it. It's right in front of you, but you refuse to see it. That's what Holy Spirit does. He removes the scale from our eyes. It's like, like things are there and, and, and if we just had the, the heart that was open enough, we'd be able to see the answer. There's answers for you here today. There's answers for you in God's Word. There's answers for you in God's presence. There's an anointing on your life to help other people see through their problems, see through their circumstances, to see their way to victory. I tell you, it's a, I remember when I was um, about 16, and uh, is anyone here ever welded? Murray, you ever welded? You know what it's like to get a, a welding flash, Murray? What happens? You get hurt. You can't see. What happens, Tim? You wake up in the morning, it feels like there's sand in your eyes. You know what I'm saying? I got a welding flash one, one time so bad when I was 16 that I couldn't see for three days. That was bad, John. That was bad. It was foolish. I was looking at the welder because I didn't know any different. I didn't know any. How stupid was that, right? How dumb can you be and still breathe, right? And I was looking at it. I didn't realize. I wasn't looking directly at it. I was just, it was in my lungs. But I woke up. The next, that afternoon I went blind. I was blind for three days. I'm going, God, I can't live the rest of my life like this. I tell you what, when you start losing your sight, you get desperate in prayer. But I want to tell you something. There's spiritually blind people who can't see. They can't see. The Bible says that the, the God of this world, the God of this age, has blinded people's hearts and blinded people's eyes so they cannot see the gospel. Let's be the ones that hold up the light high and long. Let's not give up on people until they begin to see a reason for the hope that is within us. What are you not seeing today that God is trying to show you because He gives sight to the blind? He gives sight to the blind. Number seven, He sets at liberty those people who are oppressed. I want to underline this word today on, on your notes, this word oppressed. Because in the 80s, we had a lot of weird stuff happening in Pentecostal churches around the idea of the demonic, that these evil entities that are there, that these spiritual forces that are dark and wicked, that they could possess Christians, they could oppress Christians, they could, they could influence people. And, and then we kind of got, because there was such a, a weirdness that came into the church, we kind of dropped it and we went away from it. We didn't, we didn't address it. We, didn't, we kind of left that alone. We just sort of didn't speak about the demonic. We didn't speak about oppression. We didn't speak about evil spirits. We didn't speak about the deliverance ministry that Jesus brings to the people. I'm here to tell you today that in the next few years, a lot more deliverance ministries are going to get loose on the earth. People are going to get an anointing upon their life to bring freedom to people who've been oppressed by the devil in certain areas of their life. I'm not talking about possession, and this is not a biblical teaching on de demonology. This is just simply saying that there's a reality that there's an enemy in our world that we're up against. And sometimes we give him legal permission to occupy dimensions and realms within our life. As a squatter, he has no business being there. And God wants to put an anointing on your life to see freedom in your life. 
and through your life to other people. Are you finding increasing levels of freedom in your life? Or is life becoming more and more constricted, restricted, oppressed? I'm preaching the gospel this morning. Jesus came to set people free. He came to set us free from sin and from Satan. There's people here today, you've been fighting with addictions and bondages and habits and hang-ups for years and years and years. And you're going, if only I got a stronger Christian, if only I was a better Christian, if only an actual fact, you've given a legal authority to some force outside of Christ to give control over your life. That's why the anointing comes to set people who are bound into freedom. Anybody here ever experienced a liberty in the spirit? If freedom, you've been delivered? Anybody? Just one, two, three, four. I see that hand. Is there another? What I'm preaching to you sounds weird. For some of you going, I don't know about this. Go and read your Bible. A lot of Jesus' ministry was walking around taking authority over evil spirits that had control over people. What do we do today? We try to medicate everything. I'm not against medication. Say it with me. Pastor's not against medication. Just got to be cool there. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're all good. We love each other. There are some things that medication can't address. Praise God for doctors. I genuinely, sincerely, from the depths of my heart, am thankful for the age which we live in and for the opportunities we have in Australia to get the medical help that we do. It's brilliant. But there are some things that are spiritual in origin and spiritual in nature, and they need to be addressed. Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, drive out, drive out, spiritual forces, demons, kingdom of Satan, then the kingdom of God has come close to you. That's what this kingdom is all about, taking authority in the name of Jesus Christ over everything that's wicked, that's dark, that's evil, that's oppressing, that's harassing. There's freedom today in Jesus' name. I'm speaking that over somebody's life to the glory of God. Number seven, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Number eight. Just before we move on, just before we move on, because I know you want more. Just before we move on, the problem we had back in the 80s was everyone was seeing demons under everything. Just, everything was just weird. Just weird. So let's not go there, Maury. Let's stay away from that weirdness. And let's just realize that Jesus brings freedom and liberty. Been in services where people done all sorts of weird stuff and under the anointing just go, shh, be quiet. And they just get free. And I just love that. Have you ever been in meetings like that? Three of you, that's great. Watch out, get ready. God's going to do something in this church because freedom is coming in the name of Jesus. And number eight, we are closing. Lee, we are closing. Point number eight, here it is, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One translation says this, God's favor is here and now. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? I believe that, that God's favor is towards me. Does God have favorites? I'm not sure if he does, but if he does going to favor someone, I want that person to be you. I want God to show his favor to you. I want God to go, do you just know that God woke up happy today? He got out of bed on the right side? That God is on his throne and he's in a good mood? Do you know that? That God's not angry with you, trying to get even with you, trying to punish you? John 3.17, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to bring salvation to the world. And that's what this gospel message of Jesus 
is all about. Why don't you bow your head for a moment and close your eyes. And we're just going to thank God. Father, today, we just create a space for your word to work in our heart, in our mind, and in our life. We don't just want to be a hearer of what's said, somehow entertained by the preacher. But Lord, today we want to prepare a place to receive your transforming word in and then through our life. You're calling us to be an army who stands and proclaims and declares the grace and the victory and the authority of this kingdom that you're establishing. And so we join you in that prayer, Father, as Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. We want to see that kingdom come in and through our life to the glory of God and this church said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Family, God bless you. Have an awesome week.